Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. All right. Thank you, worship team, for leading us in worship today. It is so good to be back in person. Uh, Thank you so much, church, for keeping up with me via video over the last few months. But I am so thankful that I have people to be able to preach to today, minister today, and share the Word of God to today. Hey, nearly three to four months ago, we all began to hear the word essential probably a lot more than what we were used to. Uh, as small businesses, department stores, hair salons, barber shops, and even churches began to close their doors in order to help slow the spread of the coronavirus, all of a sudden, some workers were called essential while others were asked to work from home. Uh, with the word essential on our minds now, I'm excited to introduce to you our summer message series Uh, Throughout the months of June and July, we're going to be in an eight-week series in the book of James titled Essential Faith That Works. Essential Faith That Works. Now, let me share with you just a couple of verses uh, from the book of James where we draw our theme for this series from. Uh, First one being James 1, 22. The Bible says there, Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. In other words, let's not just be hearers of the word of God. Let's put what we hear to work. Let's apply it to our lives. Let's be uh, doers of God's word. James chapter 2 verse 14, James tells us, uh, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, If someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? Uh, I believe what James is sort of saying here is, uh, what good does it do to tell people we know Jesus if it's not followed up by works in Jesus' name? And if someone claims to know Jesus but it isn't followed up by work, can that person even truly say that they are saved. Now, while those of us here today are likely all citizens of the U.S., ultimately, if we've been born again in Jesus by his saving grace and power, then we are actually citizens of a nation or a country that is both here and now and eternal. That nation, that country, is known as the kingdom of of God. If you've been born again in Jesus, the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 2 verse 9 that you actually belong to a holy nation. And as citizens of Jesus' holy nation, there are things that are absolutely imperative and essential to our faith and our growth in Jesus. Now, if there's a book in the Old Testament that provides essential instruction to us for living out our faith in Christ, it's the book of Proverbs. But if there's a book in the New Testament that provides essential instruction for us living out our faith in Jesus, then some might say it's James. 
Now, as we begin to wade into the book of James, I think for us to really appreciate the bold words and challenges issued to us throughout these five chapters, then we must have some background. So let's let's start off by answering just a few questions this morning. First of all, who was James? Well, let's notice in James chapter 1, verse 1, how James introduces himself to us. He says, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want you to notice how James introduces himself. He doesn't introduce himself as James the football coach or James the teacher, James the barber, or James the dental hygienist. He sees himself, first of all, as a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Which tells us that as citizens of God's holy nation, that first and foremost, we should see ourselves as simply servants of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, there are several guys throughout the New Testament who shared the name James. And so let me just clear up some confusion here at the very beginning. There's James, the son of Zebedee and brother of John. There's James, the son of Alphaeus. There's James, the father of Judas. Now, this Judas was called son of James to distinguish him from Judas Iscariot. That's, that's a pretty important thing to distinguish. And then there was James, the brother of our Lord. And James, the brother of our Lord, is actually the author of the book of James that, that we're about to spend eight weeks in. Let me share with you a few interesting facts about James, the brother of Jesus, that will give you an even greater appreciation for his, for his words and for the tone that he, he shares with us in. James actually did not believe in Jesus during Jesus' earthly ministry. Very fascinating to me because James would have grown up watching his brother Jesus minister to people, uh, spend time with people, heal people, be questioned by people, be persecuted by people. And when you read James's word to us, it's very evident that Jesus, his brother, got a hold of his life. Uh, we can see in Acts chapter 1, verse 14, that James is actually found praying in the upper room with the disciples. And we know from 1 Corinthians 15, verse 7, that Jesus appeared to James after his resurrection. Now just picture James. He hasn't believed in Jesus to be his Messiah, his Savior, his Lord. And so Jesus appears to him after the resurrection. I imagine if I was James, I probably would have then put my, my trust, my faith, uh, my life in the hands of Jesus to be my Savior, my Lord, my Messiah. Uh, to whom did James write? Well, James 1 verse 1 goes on to say that James is writing to the 12 tribes scattered among the nations. The 12 tribes is actually in, in, indicative of Jewish Christians. Uh, these would have been Jews that had actually put their faith in Christ to, to be their Savior, to be their Lord as their Messiah. Nineteen times throughout the book of James, he addresses them as brothers. Because James himself was a Jew, he actually sees them as both brothers in the flesh and brothers in the Lord. Uh, he writes to these believers because they had been scattered among the nations due to persecution. They were being treated 
unjustly. They were being treated unfairly and being mistreated due to their uh, devotion to Jesus and their worship to him. And James writes to these believers because they are facing difficulties in life. And because the difficulties in life they were facing were starting to take a toll on them, they were beginning to drift spiritually. Uh, their speech was becoming unbridled. Their attitudes did not really reflect the attitude of Christ. Instead, their attitudes reflected more of the world around them. Instead of being people filled with faith, they were actually becoming doubtful. Uh, there was bitter disagreement among the believers that James is writing to. They were living in a carnal way. In other words, their lives looked more like they were citizens of the world instead of citizens of God's holy nation. Instead of their faith growing deeper, it was actually very shallow. And so, as we get ready now to walk in to the letter that James writes to the Jewish Christians, to you and I today, I want to spend the rest of our time answering the question, how do we grow through James? See, church, I don't want us to just spend June and July just going through the book of James. I don't want us to just go through the motions. I want us to grow through this book. I want us to really feel and hear what it is the Spirit of the Lord has to say to our lives, to our hearts, uh, to our families, so that we can be the people that God is calling us to be so that we can live in a way that honors Jesus, so that we can see that our faith, our citizenship to God's holy nation is essential, and that it is a faith that works. Well, thankfully today, we're going to see that James gives us four essentials for growing through his book. The first essential is this, if you're taking notes, I really want you to write this down. Number one, we must be spiritually reborn. We must be spiritually reborn. See, church, apart from spiritual birth, there can be no spiritual growth or maturity. In order for us to mature in Jesus, we must first be saved by Jesus. In James chapter 1, verse 18, James tells us that he, being Jesus, chose to give us birth through the word of truth, that we might be a kind of first fruits of all he created. Now, there's a, there's a verse that parallels this over in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 23. Peter says, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable. Notice this, through the living and enduring word of God. See, the, the Spirit of God uses the Word of God in our hearts and our lives to draw us to Himself so that we might be spiritually reborn. I love the way Warren Wearsby puts it. He says that just as a human baby has two parents, so a spiritual baby has two parents. The Word of God and the Spirit of God. So how then is a person born again? Well, watch this with me, church. Stick with me here. The, the Spirit of God takes the Word of God and creates new life within the heart of sinful people who believe on Jesus. Now, just as a baby is a miracle, 
the spiritual birth of sinful people is a miracle. I mean, it's a miracle that God in heaven would send his one and only son, Jesus Christ, to die on our behalf, to go to the grave on our behalf, to conquer the grave on our behalf, be resurrected and ascended to heaven so that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. That is a miracle. And according to Ephesians chapter 2, we are saved by faith. But Romans 10 teaches us that faith comes by hearing the word of God. So the spirit of God and the word of God are essential to our salvation. And the Spirit of God and the Word of God are essential to our spiritual growth. But we must first be saved, for the Scriptures tell us in 1 Corinthians 2.14 that the natural man understands not the things of God. The second essential that James gives us is that we must look at our lives in light of God's Word. Let me say that one more time. We must look at our lives in light of God's word. Now, James, we're about to read here that James compares the word of God to a mirror. James chapter 1, verses 22 through 24, follow along with me. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says, is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself, goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. Now, what is James saying here? What is he saying to his original audience? What is he saying to you and I here today on June the 7th, 2020? He's saying that when we read the Word of God, we are actually looking into the divine mirror, and it shows us who we really are. But James provides a warning. He says when you look in the mirror that you got to get real with yourself, that you can't just glance at the mirror and then walk away forgetting what God has revealed to you. See, folks, when we read the Word of God, what really happens there is the Word actually reads us. And it is a mirror that we look into where the Spirit of God is actually able to show us where He is helping us to grow. And then He also convicts us in order to show us where we need to rely on Him to grow. So, the essential we need in order to put our faith to work and to grow through James is that, first of all, we must be spiritually reborn. And secondly, we must look at our lives in light of God's word. The third essential that James gives us is that we must obey, not just amen. We must obey, not just amen. See, let's get real with each other here for a moment today. We're all guilty at times of coming to church, going to a Bible study, going to a home group, going to a youth conference, going to a Christian concert somewhere where we hear great worship or hear solid teaching of God's Word and we say things like, Amen, that's good. I needed to hear that. But then we're guilty of actually not obeying it. See, James is teaching us that it is essential that our faith actually go to work, that the rubber actually meet 
the road. And so James says in James chapter 1, verse 25, whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. So let me give a few illustrations here today. Church, if the Lord reveals to you through his word that you need to start giving obediently through your tithe, then you must put that to work. If the Lord reveals to you that it's time for you to begin giving generously above and beyond your tithe through offerings, then you need to be obedient to that. If the Lord shows you that you need to watch the way you talk to your spouse, you need to be obedient to that. If the Spirit of God prompts you to share uh, the love of Jesus and the message of Jesus with that neighbor or that co-worker of yours, you must be obedient to that. Whatever the Spirit of God reveals to us through the Word of God, we have a calling on our lives as citizens of God's holy nation to be obedient to the instructions that our Lord Jesus Christ has given us. The fourth and final essential I will share with you this morning that James gives us if we are to grow through his book it is this, that we must be prepared for predictable resistance. We must be prepared for predictable resistance. Watch this with me, church. Spiritual growth will always equal spiritual opposition. See, I have learned in my own life, and I have seen it play out in the lives of those in Scripture, and in the lives of those in the church around me, that when we get serious about spiritual growth, the devil gets serious about opposing us. See, when I decide to grow spiritually closer to Jesus and become more like Jesus as a man, as a husband, as a father, as a pastor, whatever area of my life it might be, then the devil gets stirred up. He gets angry. He gets frustrated and he begins to bring predictable resistance or spiritual opposition my way. Now see what the devil wants to do is he wants you and I to sit idle. He wants us to put our spiritual growth in park or in neutral and when we do that he has us exactly where he wants us. But the Lord never wants us to put our faith in neutral. He wants to reveal more to us. He wants to give us greater assignments. He wants us to walk in the purposes and the plans that he has for us. But church, don't be discouraged when I say this. Just be aware of it. If you're going to walk in his ways and you're going to grow in his ways and you're going to reach the new heights that he has for you, you will face spiritual opposition. But the benefits of growing in the Lord and the benefits of serving the Lord and the benefits of walking in the purposes of God will always outweigh the negatives you might experience through the spiritual opposition. Let me just give you a few examples throughout Scripture. Adam and Eve. What do we know about Adam and Eve? They walked with God in the garden. They had a close, intimate, meaningful relationship with the Lord. They walked with Him. Well, Satan didn't like that. So what did he do? He manifested himself in the form of a serpent, and he opposed Adam and Eve. Then you have David. Well, God had greater things for David. God had new assignments 
for David. But in order for David to reach the new assignment that God had for him, he had to go through Goliath. But he chose to grow. He chose to push through the opposition. Uh, Nehemiah knew that God was calling him to rebuild the city walls of his hometown. And so he set out to do so. But oh, he faced much opposition. Jesus, the Son of God, while he was here on earth, he was all about accomplishing the Father's will. But even Jesus faced opposition all the way to the grave. If Jesus faced opposition, you and I will face opposition. But folks, as Jesus has said, you and I, we must take heart for he has overcome the world. Church, when you choose to grow, you will be tested. James 1 verses 2 through 3, James talks about this. And we're going to talk about this more next Sunday. But James says, Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds or tests of many kinds, because you know that the testing or the trials of your faith produces perseverance. Church, when we set out to grow, we will be tested we will face trials. But James tells us, do not be dismayed. Do not be discouraged. Instead, consider it pure joy. Because the testing of your faith, it's actually going to produce something essential in you that you need. And that essential thing is perseverance. And so church, I'm excited today that we're getting ready to spend our summer together here on Sundays going through this rich, essential piece of scripture where James is going to show us the things that are essential to our faith as citizens of God's holy nation. That we're going to see that we are essential in God's country and that it is essential that our faith actually be put to work. And so as Marianne makes her way to the stage now and begins to play, uh, let me just pray for us as we get ready to open up our altars and have a time of prayer. Jesus we love you and we thank you for loving us. Thank you for this piece of scripture for these next five chapters that we are about to read with one another. Lord, your word promises us that it is powerful and it is able to penetrate deep within our souls and test our hearts. And Lord, we need it. There are things in this book that are extremely relevant to us today. And you're going to show us some areas of our life where we need to make some spiritual adjustments. But Lord, give us the courage with the help of your Holy Spirit to adjust our lives accordingly. Jesus, we want to be the citizens of your nation that you have called us to be. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church Podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church. Collective Church.